greetings and a good day and welcome to 2016 and the very first edition of Birds All Day in this new year. Uh, unfortunately, now the Blue Jays are no longer the uh, defending American League East champions. That's all over now. It's yeah. all it's up for grabs once uh, again. Yeah. Uh, my name is Drew Fairservice, and yes, yeah, so we're here talking about your Toronto Blue Jays. Joining me, uh, as always, Old Reliable. Old Reliable, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? Uh, I am well. I am fine. You're well and fine, and you had a nice break. Yeah, yeah. Really checked. Uh, you know what? You know what sucks is uh, being on Twitter constantly, and so I kind of just took two weeks off Twitter, and it was great. I, I didn't feel compelled to to yell at anyone. It was very nice. It is, it's hard. It's really. I'm reading a, a book about that very thing right now. You uh, you show remarkable restraint. You're always uh, taking the high road. I wish I could do that. I, I don't know what it is. I don't have a real problem with like lunatics and haters and <laughs> and people tweeting. I also don't have as many followers as, as... I feel like there's a line. There's a real tipping point where you get to a certain amount of following and then you just... It's like shit attracting flies. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But it doesn't help when it's you can just so obviously easily be baited into... Wasting your time with a stupid person's argument. I think that's like half the fucking... Fights I get into on there, like people are like, um, "Watch, watch me wind this asshole up." I also have the benefit of tweeting about the Hall of Fame a lot recently, yeah, uh, which no one cares about, <laughs> thankfully. Uh, but you know what we care about? We care about you uh, getting every edition of Birds All Day in your phone, in your device, in your iPad, whatever. Uh, so if you want to do that, you can of course go over to iTunes where uh, we have the show, and you can subscribe. And then you can also rate and review us, because that keeps us in the good graces of uh, the iTunes gods. And of, as well, um, the thing that we like that people to do, or we are happy or thankful when people do, is of course you can go over to our Patreon campaign, patreon.com slash birdsallday, and uh, contribute a couple bucks a month if you so feel so compelled. Uh, you shouldn't feel obligated, but if you do it, it helps us out and keeps us honest and keeps us going. And uh, in the it keeps us in the, the the lifestyle to which we have grown accustomed, as you uh, as you like to say. I do like to say that, and we have grown accustomed to very uh, highfalutin <laughs> yeah. lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, so we're back. Uh, proof. There is no further proof that is anyone would ever need than the fact that you and I are sitting here on January the seventh, <laughs> uh, groping around. Yeah. For something to talk about. Yeah, we'll see how this goes. I think the the big topic right now is. Um, there's not really a lot of Hall of Fame. There's no Blue Jays angle to the Hall of Fame uh, stuff, which and I'm gonna Halliday and Clemens notwithstanding. That's just sort of that's odd. I mean, you, there's definitely two camps among the players. It seems like there's the guys who are like vehemently against it or the idea of it. Probably a little unclear, or unsure of what the benefits of it may benefits of performance enhancing drugs may or may not be. I don't know. It just seems. There are just some guys that are really dug in on it. Yeah. Right? Because... It's the thing. Players are idiots. That's the thing, I think, generally. Well... I, I just, I'm just i recalling back to, like, the Bryce Harper, uh, Jonathan Papelbon stuff. And uh, it was a good reminder, I felt. Uh, players are idiots. A lot of them. I will... I will with a broad you stroke there, but... That. But I will, yeah. I will say, and I should be mindful of what I say, in that uh, Roy Halladay is a lunatic and was like a robot man for... A dozen years, I have a feeling he has a pretty good understanding in terms of fitness. He took very good care of himself. Uh, I'm sure he's acutely aware of what could or could not have been done for his body. 
given the options available to him. Yeah. That's, that's what I'll say. We're talking about that, eh? Just, well, no, that, that, that's the end <laughs> Okay, good. But yeah. the whole, thing with the Hall of Fame, and I want to say this real quick, is that I, despite the fact that the, the very us versus them and the tribal aspect of the Hall of Fame debates, I think it's sort of almost kind of going away as people are coming more around on the idea of like the, the best hitter of all time and maybe one of the best pitchers of all time eventually making their way in or not making their way in. The, I, I don't find the talk, the, the discussions to be as like violent and strident as before because I think they're really fun. I really do. And I mentioned on Twitter, there's a line, there's a line at the end of the movie Seven that's a quote from Hemingway or, or whatever that's like, the world's a fine place and, not, and worth fighting for. And then Morgan Freeman's character says, I agree with the second part. And I agree with the second part of that as it relates to the Hall of Fame. I think it's cool. And I think the debates are fun. And I think in the next coming years when it's like, is Scott Rowland going to get in? Is Adrian Beltre going to get in? I think those are fun baseball discussions to have. Those those were those were fun, and that's why it was fun for a while before I checked out of it to uh, to do that. But uh, yeah, the PED stuff completely turned me off, even giving the most remote shit about it. I'm bringing. I'm gonna. I want to bring it back. Okay, go because for it. I, good luck. I, my last good luck point on the but, fucking surface of the sun. Uh, well, <laughs> bottom of the I can sea always alternate from the go. bottom of the sea to the surface of the sun. Yeah, uh, to you know, hot, cold, wet, dry. It's all good. I think it's really interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how we measure greatness in players moving forward, armed with a different kind of perspective, maybe that more and more people value base running defense, that kind of stuff, but up to a point. Yeah. Right? I saw you were tweeting about that as well. Yeah, because wins above replacement tells us a lot. And then it becomes, again, it comes back to what maybe we're changing the discussion in terms of how do we measure greatness. Because a guy like you know Dave Cameron made the point today of comparing Kirby Puckett and Kenny Lofton, right? Right, and I think if you look a little bit, you look at it a little bit, and it's like okay, well Kirby Puckett was like you can't. It would be difficult to tell the story of baseball without Kirby Puckett. You could probably tell the story of baseball without Kenny Lofton because he moved around and he was good at things that are harder to pin you down. Could probably tell it without Kirby Puckett. No offense to the one person in Minnesota listening to this, but. Whatever. Well, he, off motion. He, he 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 had a very prominent role in two World Series. Yeah, and he was, he like was the very... Jack Morris of. Uh, no. Well, <laughs> but again, again, his his the way he produced was different in that he was a high average hitter in a time when that was very highly valued. Yeah, but I think Kenny Lofton and even you see with Jim Edmonds and guys like yeah, that, Edmund, where yeah. guys who are who are big wins above replacement guys, but a lot almost. But a larger percentage of their value is derived from defense. Like, there's a real breaking point where yeah. once, you know, you need to be, you still need to be a great hitter because somebody else said it, I don't know who it was, that that's the biggest job of any offensive player. Like, any yeah. non-pitcher is hitting is the biggest part of your job. You have to be yeah. really good at that to get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Kevin Pillar could have 10 more seasons like this one and still not sniff in the Hall of Fame no matter how many... Metrics say he's a five-win guy. Unless there, you're a guy to whom Hall of Fame defense, quote-unquote, is attributed. Right. If you're the Ozzie Smith, if you're... Yeah. The, now, there are two... There are th- three guys coming up in the next few years that I think are really going to put this under the microscope. Number one is Beltre. Yeah. Beltre is getting close to the point where it's not going to necessarily be much of a debate, especially if he starts getting round numbers and 3,000 pieces yeah. and stuff. Beltran, Carlos Beltran is going to be another one. He's still got another year left, probably then, still five years from now. 
Great player. Yeah. Center fielder, which are usually pretty hard done by, like third baseman. Yeah. But the other one. going to remember him in center field? Who, Beltran? It feels like it's been a while. Hasn't been that long. No, it's true. Not Basically, when he left, when he when he went to St. Louis, when, the, when he got traded from the Mets to the Giants is kind of the end of his time in center field. Probably because basically, it should have yeah. been a year earlier. Yeah. So, but I think Beltran. That's a while ago now. No, it's 2011. Okay. All right. Yeah, I guess that's true. The other one, though, the big one, and I think this one, this one is could be troubling, is Omar Vizquel. Oh, fuck. Because Omar Vizquel is one of those guys that is like, he because he played shortstop for one thing, not third base or second base, and because of who he is and the teams he played for, there's a chance that Omar Vizquel is going to get a lot more attention than he deserves as a guy who was a very good, very, very, very good defender, but not nearly good enough a player. To be considered a Hall of Fame player, but he's going to get way more shine, maybe than he deserves, because he's so good at one thing. Yeah. But it's a thing that that we want to value, but maybe we overvalue. It, well, I mean, uh, in a course career, in a bit of a course career. Tre- Trevor kind of Hoffman seems to be the similar, Trevor different side very, of that same very point. Very similar. Like, uh, yeah. See, I'm I am very much of the opinion that. For you to be a reliever to get into the Hall of Fame, you need to be you, you need, need to be, be Mariano Rivera, Rivera, basically. Yeah. And I mean. I, you could see now that that's and even that that's something that's going to have to change. That attitude, my own attitude on that, is going to have to change because very soon, very very soon, and we can talk about this as we segue into like the rest of the real talk. Everybody's going to be a reliever. It's just all relievers. All relievers. Yeah, probably all relievers because it's going to be something that I said very intelligently on this show one time before <laughs> was it's about building a staff of twelve or thirteen or more guys. Whose job it is to get 27 outs a game. Yeah. And not necessarily breaking it down so much into, here's this is your three, this is your 18, and we'll figure out the middle. Yeah. Give me 27, 162 times. The lot of you. Toronto Blue Jays baseball right there. Toronto Blue Jays baseball. That's what they're they're trying to do. Which is what we're actually going to talk about at the end of the Hall of Fame stuff. Which again, congratulations to Ken Griffey Jr. Who um, was the best player that any of us ever saw for a decade. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Barry Bonds is very good. Let's not kid ourselves. but Someone made the point to me on Twitter this week that Ken Griffey Jr. is also the reason that Barry Bonds probably did things to his body. (laughs) That... Uh, well, they say. I mean, to. I think they say Sosa and McGuire getting all that attention was uh, was part of it too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm sure that that Griffey, being Griffey, was and Griffey was just a, a, a I don't know, just a, such a different thing. I think we're the, we're very close to the same age, and yeah, Griffey was so fucking massive, and it's uh, it's it's humbling, and you feel old being like, oh yeah, now he's in the Hall of Fame. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, you know. It, it was not the finest back end of that career, but holy shit! The but the peak was it. so high. Yeah. But I, he uh, comes back to uh, you mentioned Roy Halladay. Roy Halladay is is of a maybe Sandy Koufax mode in that Roy Halladay's career was relatively short. Yeah. But his peak was insanely high, so Halladay is going to get mentioned and should get a lot of attention for as a Hall of Famer. Amphetamines. Well. <laughs> But so even if Griffey stopped playing when he was 32 years old, he would we would still be in this exact same situation today. If Pretty he had much, yeah. injured his wrist or whatever he had done, and it was like, okay, that's it, he's done. Still getting 99 percent of the votes or whatever it was. One more point: talk about the best player we ever saw. Mike Trout has four seasons in the big leagues. <laughs> 
he is yeah. four seasons better than Ken Griffey's best season by wins above replacement. Yeah, that's pretty good. He's, he's, okay. he's okay. And Mike Trout is a guy who's basically 80, 80% of the way there, even though he hasn't actually played 10 years, which is required <laughs> to get in the Hall of Fame. We're going to take a break. We'll come back with no more Hall of Fame stuff because it wears some people out. Uh, we'll talk about Toronto Blue Jays, sort of, which wears nobody out. Let me tell you. Conjecture and hearsay and calling names. All about it here in January on Birds All Day. said it is January, January the 7th, and despite the fact that there are any number of very significant free agents still in play, uh, nobody seems too interested in signing them. But what people do insist or seem interested in doing is talking shit. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The first thing we'll talk about real quick, and you wrote about this, I think, I know that it was on some of the other sites, is that uh, uh, as Paul De Podesta of Dodgers and and, uh, had been working for the Mets... He is going to work for the Cleveland Browns of the NFL. Yeah, which is pretty cool. It's a, it's it's new. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, someone, I think it was uh, your friend and mine, Patrick Sullivan, on Twitter said like it's a cool. Uh, that's a neat bit of career risk to throw in the mix. Yeah, for definitely. a guy who's who could easily have just cruised in baseball <laughs> for like however long. It's like no, let's let's shake it up. Let's do make try something, and I think that's great. Flags fly forever. Even if it's like a resume flag. Uh, that same job, of course, before Deep Podesta took it, was offered to none other than Mark Shapiro. Apparently, yeah. Which, as I know we're all thinking, why couldn't he have just taken it? <laughs> are we all thinking that? Yeah, we're all thinking some that. Of, no. Some of us are thinking some that. Of that sure. Some of us are thinking that. Uh, yeah, no, apparently. That's, I mean, that's why, that's why the Jays had to lure him, uh, lure him away with the promise of absolute power. With the, with the and the opportunity to crush all enemies, yeah, Cru- yeah. crush all foes, real and imagined. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's neat and it's interesting that he chose not to do it, being a guy from that part of the world, as I understand it. Is he not? Uh, I don't know. Or he, he I'm sure he had pretty. He'd been there for twenty years or so. He could have stayed in that part yeah. of the world as opposed to coming all the way from. Yeah, just a, Western Ohio yeah, to yeah, vast, Southern Ontario. Uh, vast difference. Everybody's really, really far apart cities there. Yeah. Um, that said, before so so yeah, that that's something he, that's kind of neat and kind of shows the manner in which he's regarded in the sports world, even beyond baseball. Oh no 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 no! Everybody everybody hates him. He is a villain who is incapable of compromise. Well, <laughs> and uh, and uh, nobody would ever want to work with him. So. <laughs> It's, it's very odd. I mean, it's a very Cleveland Browns thing to want to hire uh, such scum. What he is doing <laughs> is, I think, something that everyone can identify with and everyone can really say, this is something cool, this is good, is he's hiring guys and giving them job titles that make watching baseball exactly like following the inter-office emails at all of, our, <laughs> at all of the companies that people work for when they... Announce uh, what's his what's the new guy's title? Oh, the brain washer, yeah, mind doctor, the sports psychology kind of guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
So that's fun. The, 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 the mental wellness kind of uh, division. I don't know what the fuck they're doing there. Yeah. So so that's kind of cool. Hey, got to get whatever advantage you can. I think it's important to... Well, they definitely made it seem interesting. I, I, where did I see it? Oh, it was, it was Bob McLeod, actually. Yeah, yeah. It was a great piece from Global, uh, Global Mail's Bob McLeod, yeah. Um, unlike... Great, unlike some other pieces in the Globe and Mail recently. Oh yeah, are we going to talk about that? Yeah, whatever. Why don't you let? I I, I didn't. I've, actually I've ranted written. more than enough about about that. It's just it's I read your story, but that was more gloom and doom and letting Alex Anthopoulos walk was will we'll, they'll rue the day. Yeah, rue the day. Yeah, that, that, that there was the, uh, the yeah no the Hall Kelly thing was just Angus Mugford. Insane. Is the guy's name. Director of High Performance. There you go. Uh, Grew up a soccer fan. Grew up in England. Bless him. Where is he from? Do we know who he supports? This is it might say it might say it in the in the piece. I don't know, but yeah, he didn't know baseball. Apparently, Uh, that's part of the advantage, according to uh, the corporate culture chief uh, Mark Shapiro. At the head of Toronto Blue Jays uh, baseball, or Toronto baseball, Rogers baseball operations. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, but I don't know. This is kind of, like that kind of shit. Whether or not some of it, whether or not you think it's like horse shit or not, there's you know you gotta. These are places where you can spend a little bit of money and hope to maybe get some sort of benefit out of it, and not you know not. It's. I think it's interesting and smart. To try to be looking for ways to, you know, keep players centered and and best, you know, equipped to perform on the field, um, and it's, it's it's stuff that we're not supposed to say this because of, because they're the great fucking martyrs of 2015, but uh, stuff the Jays weren't doing like yeah. stuff that Paul Beeston you'd like would Paul Beeston have any fucking idea what this shit is all about? No. I'm going to guess not. Yeah. And I mean, people are kind of roll their eyes at some of like the real, like new agey corporate kind of stuff that we're starting to see. But that, I mean, that, those, those things are happening in, in places for a reason. And I don't know, you don't want to really get, get left behind on it. Uh, and just, and just rest on it. Hey, we're going to, we're going to out scout teams. And now you're, you know, you're seeing the response to it. You're seeing the, uh, you know Shapiro coming in. The Joshian is now like a department head. Yeah, that was the other one. There was a lot. Of, there was a big. Someone had a big story on Joshian and how they're going to grow that. Team. Yeah, I think that was that Brendan, Brendan Kennedy. Kennedy yeah. I think it was. And yeah, and so you know, hey, why why do we have like this? You know, this special assistant who's in charge of analytics and a couple people doing the analytics stuff. You know, make it a whole fucking department. Actually, put resources into it, and. Uh, I think in terms of, uh, you know, the Jays have done a pretty good job in terms of keeping players healthy and stuff like that over the last couple of years. Obviously, we they, they had a very good year last year. Mm, things uh, went their way. Yeah, they certainly did. Uh, though I, thought, I, was right, that, I was writing quite a bit about that today with the Hall Kelly thing. They didn't really have to. Like, it, it, that, like those, those trades that they made at the deadline, like, it could have very, very easily been... A complete disaster, and this whole off-season conversation could have been completely different. Oh. Troy Tulowitzki could have gotten hurt. 
I mean, David it, Price could have underperformed in the playoffs. Well, uh, as it turns, but no, that, I mean they could have even not got there. They were, yeah, like, they were true. like six and a half games back. They were all like. <laughs> I think it was uh, Baltimore was a half game behind them, and uh, Tampa was a game behind them when they made those trades, and they were all, like they were all you know just six and a half back of the Yankees. Like, it, was, it could have not gone as well. It as could it have did. gone any number. It of could way. have the Yankees... very easily not. Like they played like like at a hundred and eleven win pace after the trades, basically. Uh, but they're doomed, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right too. That's, they're doomed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna so uh, according to. Uh, a source. I just reached out to a source mm-hmm. um, named LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> Angus Mugford yeah. uh, went to university in Birmingham, so maybe he is a Aston Villa, perhaps supporter. Perhaps. Uh, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. <laughs> no, I've, yeah, I've, uh, I've sat and watched Aston Villa supporters have to deal with that. Alternatively, I don't hope. Would not hope for him to be supporting Birmingham no, either. No, nobody wants that. Yeah. Um, maybe West Brom. I don't know. This is the important question. So very, very important. In, uh, in January. So, at the very least, it's an interesting step in the right direction. I think that people do get burned out on the corporate speak and the corporate reshaping of a baseball team, even though it is a humongous business with very significant stakes and... Maybe in other sports where they ask oft concussed former athletes <laughs> to run their billion dollar enterprise, uh, baseball's not doing that. Which I get if that people are going to get fatigued by it, but also it's a, if it's a little thing, and it's a guy who um, is used to you know connecting with athletes when he was doing this work at IMG and helping to take what could be complex or very theoretical ideas and practices and just kind of helping to um, internalize them or helping athletes internalize them in a way that makes sense for them. I think that's something that kind of came through in in McLeod's piece in the Globe and Mail yeah. was that not coming in and laying them on the couch and be like, tell me about your yeah. mother. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Not like, it's not about that. It's more about finding out what makes them tick and helping them to perform to their best. And again, it doesn't... It, it's not necessarily about like eugenics or measuring their brain or maybe it's just what, what's going to help finding out how they tick and, and what's going to, what's going to motivate them to get paid or play better. Yeah. It, it could be either of those things. Maybe some guys it's, I can help you get paid. We focus on this. You'll get rich. Other guys maybe are more driven by other stuff. But guys like Tulowitzki or whomever who are already rich. It's like, how do you maintain your edge? Whatever yeah. it might be. It's just, it's just important. It, it seems obvious now, I guess, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Just, just to even think about these sorts of things, you know, mm-hmm. which is something that, as far as we know, you know, the Jays before were really not. You know, these, these it went beyond their capabilities, I think, in terms of just the resources they had as the, you know, as a as an organization mm-hmm. to think about that sort of stuff and to put plans in place and to really, you know, have a have a, a system for for those kinds of questions, uh, which I think it's a step in the right direction to, that they do now have that. And I also think that, I hope and think, that the Jays are, are on this brain trust is such that if one of these things isn't working, they'll move on from it. You have to hope that they're willing to try some things and also willing to 
you know, fail fast. Be like, this isn't working. Yeah, one one certainly, one certainly hopes that. Yeah, it, that they're it, not it, just like one size fits all. Like, this yeah, is how this, this is, is how done. we do it, yeah. I mean, you heard a lot of, I mean, this isn't going to bode well, but we heard a lot of it, of that kind of talk when John Farrell came in, which mm-hmm. I think makes sense because Farrell has deep ties to all these Cleveland guys. Uh, and so, which is actually, you know, quite interesting. The fact that, you know, he was, you know, he was Atkins predecessor as, you know, running the scouting department and worked mm-hmm. with Shapiro and was all, like hands all over that, you know? And so, so we're kind of familiar with how that, you know, the, that approach to an organization is. And I, I wrote about this, uh, you know, earlier in the off season about, you know, when, uh, Farrell a couple of years back or the first year after he left here, uh, didn't really say too much bad about the Jays and was quiet about it, but there was one time where he was at a conference and saw, you know, said, "Oh, you could write a book about the differences between the two organizations and and that there's a difference between uh, uh, like a, a scouting based organization with which the Jays were and a player development organization." And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of you know a lot of what he said there. You're starting to see the new the Cleveland Blue Jays front office that we have now uh, starting to implement. I think. Uh, so it's not, it's, I don't know. It's not, it's not new stuff, but I, I don't know. You get, I, I think that's interesting and you can see the, the line from where they're, they're just thinking about things in, as Farrell would say, multi-dimensionally, you know, looking at, uh, at just, you know, and, and, and is there not stuff about like they have nutritionists coming in or, or that's part of, maybe that's part of the mm-hmm. Angus's or whatever the fuck his name is, uh, his, his new deal. I don't know. It just seems it seems like basic stuff that that I'm sure we, like the slack was picked up in other ways, but now it's sort of just more formalized the way that they're going to be approaching that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the former general manager Alex Anthopoulos is apparently going to work for the Dodgers. Yeah, going to run the Dodgers according to how many Globe and Mail. <laughs> the implications in certain Globe and Mail columns. How many general managers are under the Dodgers employee right now? Former big league general managers. Six. Six. Yeah. But it's going to be Anthopolis' show. Yeah. yeah. Anthopolis, who has, who has <laughs> even fewer World Series appearances than the guy that ran the Rays. Anthopolis, who... I do, like, does anybody, does anybody think... Is he buying a house in Los Angeles? Or is he just going to, he's just going to phone in and hang out and go scout some people? And, uh, I... I assume I I don't you know I don't know what his role is going to be, I but I don't think it's I don't think the the idea that the, the uh, this is what I wrote today, but the, the the Dodgers are going to now be an expression of Alex Anthopoulos's vision and his abilities. I think it's not correct. We don't we don't know what the role is going to be, or frankly, if there is any role. Nothing seems con- nothing's been confirmed. Right. These roles, like I think you nailed it because to take the. The De Podesta, no, sorry, the Depoto, Jerry Depoto, right? Right. Fired by the Angels, works as a consultant, does some consultancy with the Red Sox. Yeah. And then comes to work and become the general manager of the Mariners. There's no way that the Red Sox were like, we're going to bring you in, we're not going to make you our GM, we're not going to give you this job. But we're going to throw the, the world open to you yeah, exactly. and let you get right in there <laughs> yeah. because everything that we've done for you is under the under the under the, the belief that you're going to go somewhere else yeah. as soon as there's a role I mean, spe- out there. Yeah, there's I mean there there's the unwritten rule about you can't really, you know, you don't interview guys unless it's for a promotion. But so mm-hmm. 
So yeah, Anthopoulos is a GM or you know a president, whatever you call them now. You know, a president mm-hmm. of baseball who is now in this role where you know whatever role, the role he takes with Los Angeles. There's going to be a lot of room above him to interview for any job he wants. Yeah. They're completely going into this, the expecting Do- him to move on and, and run another team at some point. The Dodgers have all the money, literally, in the world. They can, they're the kind of team that can afford, well, we don't want to, we, we've, we're so far over the luxury tax, we've got to bring that down. Let's spend a bit of money on having smart guys around to bounce ideas off of. Yeah. What do I'm you think sure about that's this? All that this? What's is. your take on this guy? Well, what do you think we, we should do? You know, with this situation, someone there to help pick the brain, do whatever, cut him a check every so often, come down for some meetings. But again, I don't think that they're going to pull back the velvet rope and let him go right in and wriggle around <laughs> to yeah. the to the, knowing full well that it's mm-hmm. not going to be long before he's going to be running a team there, yeah, like to compete against yeah. exactly. Uh, and of all of all the teams, like what what's what's to say that he's not going to be running the fucking dysfunctional Rockies in yeah. a couple of years. Right? What if the what if the Rockies does, are like this he, is this he, has been a disaster? He does love Jose Reyes. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's really all that needs to be said about that thing. Good for Alex Anthopoulos. He won't be out. Of, he won't be out of work for long. Yeah. Though I would. The other thing is the Jays have that many GMs too. That's just this is a thing that former yeah, GM, Dana you know, Brown guys like that. Dan Evans and yeah. and Jim Beatty and uh, uh, Chuck Lamar are all yeah, yeah. you know guys in the Jays. For I don't. They're, they're not guys who are. Who are going to be getting GM jobs anytime soon? I no, that's think. true. And maybe they have more specific roles, you know, as scouts. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, they have those guys. Plus, they have Lacava and Shapiro and Atkins. You know, there's a, there's a lot of former Ooh, GMs. Atkins. Yeah. Some, What's uh, that? There's a lot of there's a lot of people who've sat in a GM's chair. Yeah, yeah. In that front office as well, because that's that's, that's why how they it do goes. these stupid GM in the winter meetings at, the, at that ridiculous hotel in Tennessee. Because every team has so many people working for it. Yeah. Um, speaking of people working for it and uh, got people doing purely ceremonial roles, uh, the dude, Bob Elliott. <laughs> yeah. Eagle Eye Elliott seeing Eric Wedge. Working that airport connection or something. No doubt. <laughs> well... What's this well, all about? Wedgie's got to come in and sign a deal at some point, I guess. No, I don't know. I could do it in Dunedin. But yeah, who the fuck would visit Toronto right now? It's pretty miserable. Unless maybe he's, uh, maybe he's cheap and taking advantage of the uh, the low Canadian dollar. <laughs> it does travel well right now. <laughs> well, Dan, uh, your boy D-Mac from Philadelphia, he came up here over the holidays. We had a nice time. There you go. Very nice. Very nice. We saw a guy, we went out to a bar, and we saw a guy that looked like Bryce Harper. <laughs> Enough that I was like, does that guy look like Bryce Harper? And he was like, yeah, definitely. Without being an enormous man mountain. Right. And yet, also, a child. <laughs> yeah, he's okay, too. He's okay, too. But yeah, no, Eric Wedge. Uh, That's something. I, this That might have been the last column that I had to pick apart. But, uh, there's, def- uh, there's definitely been a thing You don't where... have to do anything. Let me tell you. I know, I know. <laughs> I feel like I feel obligated to. It's just, it, it's just such a perfect representation of the complete fucking lunacy on this subject. Like it, it's just, it is just so trying so hard to speak to the like the real fucking crazy people who don't want to listen to anything except whatever it is they want to hear. Uh, that you know, it's hard not to. To just beat it with a fucking stick. 
But but the wedge thing, it's like I think I'm sure it was the other Cajal thing, which is which is like, oh, Eric Wedge floating around, you know, looking to looking to maybe bump off Gibby. You know, Wedge is going to be there. He's going to be the manager and waiting. And it's like, okay, let's you know. You know yeah, I mean, given the my, my point then was, Gibbons' job is in trouble if the team doesn't play well, and if the team does, his job is not in trouble. And whether Eric Wedge is there or not is kind of irrelevant to that equation. Maybe it'll speed up the process a little bit if they if they really want to get their own guy in there. But they were going to want to get their own guy in there anyway. It does. It's not. I don't really see, see how it's a thing. I'm cool with it, except for I want them to get their own guy and have it not. <laughs> not Eric the Eric Wedge. Wedge. Yeah, that's that's a good. That's about it. That's, that's where I stand one. on get their own guy. Yeah. Any any other guy <laughs> than that. Yeah, Eric Wedge is terrible. When it first came up, I remember looking at some, uh, some people, talking to people who follow the Mariners a little more closely, <laughs> being like, "Oh my God, he's so terrible. He's so terrible." Yeah. yeah. Speaking of terrible, let's get long. Uh, we're gonna take a break real quick. We'll come back and we're gonna do a little bit of rosterbation. I think. I think that's only fair. Sure. Because if one thing that baseball fans don't do enough of in January, <laughs> it's spend someone else's money on players that'll never come. Hey, Fernando Rodney, that's going to happen. evergreen content my friends absolutely but there are a lot of players on the list of as yet unsigned free agents a lot of guys who are good yeah a lot of talk already about maybe the years coming down on the demands maybe guys aren't going to get as much maybe you know the people that signed earlier took all the money and then you hear people say maybe justin upton will go and sign a one-year contract to try and rebuild his value uh, to which yeah. I say, that's <laughs> fucking crazy. Yeah. Oh, Prince Fielder was going to do that that one time. Right? And then he signed a 10-year deal? <laughs> yeah, 10 or 8 or, or something massive, yeah. And terrible. He sucks. <laughs> Nobody saw that coming. Uh, the thing is, is uh, Justin Upton's really good. Yeah. He's really good. The thing, I think, the other, Justin Upton's really good, but he's as good as he is. He's not going to get better. I think that's fair as well. He had a 120... Weighted runs created plus this year, playing for the Padres. So his numbers are look worse, but because of the 
Padres. Adjustments, yeah. But his career rated runs created plus is one twenty one. So basically, he was who he is, which is a very much above average hitter, not a great fielder. That's it. He's got some power. He's young, but he's not. I, I don't. I'd be. I would be surprised if he got a lot better. But at yeah. the same time, if there is a guy like Justin Upton sniffing around, he wants to, maybe wants to play in an offensive, you know, a friendly <laughs> offensive really? place. Is this where we're going? Okay. Oh my God! I get in the, in that couch cushion and I find that money. If his agent calls, I'm like, Hey, you guys got any money? Maybe you want to do a little do a little thing. <laughs> Well, what do you do with uh, what do you what do you do with your, your Michael Saunders and Ben Revere? Then? I throw them in the lake. Yeah, that's basically what you do. I with trade them. them away. If if someone's willing to take Ben Revere for, I mean, I'll throw in a prospect. If someone's willing to take his money so that I can pay for Justin fucking Upton instead. You'd give away. You could have just. You could just non tender. Well, you can't non tender him now. But, that's true. But yeah, you, maybe not a prospect. But I I sweeten the deal a little bit. Yeah, fair enough. Maybe throw the two. No, you don't want. No one wants. Well, Saunders. who would lead off though? Then you don't have a. Uh, Natural leadoff, I guess. I guess Upton. Has... No, Devin Travis is going to lead off. Okay, yeah. Oh, no, second, when he when he returns, second it, baseman hits second. He returns in August. Oh, I forgot that he's on death's door. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of guys who can hit who are still out there, which the Jays don't need. No, not at all. But you can always use. And you can give always, me all the offense you got. You could you could maybe trade somebody for something you can use if you create a redundancy. That's not that's not who are you uh, trading. Ben Revere. Yeah. <laughs> as as the Marlins are shopping Marcelo Zuna, yeah. you're gonna be they be like, hey, 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 Revere. When when Denard Span gets three year contracts from yeah. the Giants of all people, yeah. that was an interesting one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's not a lot. There's not a lot you're gonna trade. There's not. I mean, we can't, for, we can't. Yeah, we can't talk seriously about the first baseman having any value. You're not trading anyone good. Which first baseman? Smoke? Smoke? Colabello? Neither. Colabello might have a tiny bit of yeah. value. I'd say Colabello might have more than Smoke, but not a lot. Yeah. Hey, although. It's gotta do remember how good he was defensively that game? That one game, he was really good. In the playoffs, great. that yeah. was amazing. Yeah, yeah. He played his ass off. Uh, Chris Davis is still out there. There are people, you know, like. I have maybe. Spent some time thinking about Chris Davis, and I think I was quite bullish on him earlier when yeah. we were doing one of these. Yeah. The whole Ryan Howard thing is really starting to scare me away. <laughs> the, the way that they're like the same guy. Uh, uh, that would be frightening, yeah. And the whole, maybe those guys don't age so well. And then there's the pitchers, right? You got, most of the good ones are gone now. The good pitchers. Yeah. But, still a couple intriguing relief guys out there. Or, you know, A couple guys still hanging around. Mark Burley's still out there. Yeah, waiting for Chicago to call. So waiting for the the Cardinals to call to get desperate enough to call him. Yeah. What about uh, Ian Desmond? What do you think about that? that? Now there's a guy who might want to take a one year deal. Yeah. There's a guy who can be a, a Tulitsky caddy if you need it. I suppose Which, so. Yeah. There's a guy that would probably consider moving to the outfield if uh, just to play and to show that he can still hit. Yeah, we're, what you're not, uh, you don't want to take that job away from Ryan Goins there. The backup shortstop, backup left field. Oh my god, Ryan Goins started in the outfield. Was that last year? Or this I'm year? pretty sure it was last year because everybody started in the outfield last year. Colabello and Valencia, fucking yeah. Pennington was out there at some point. How is Matt Latos not 
a pirate yet? That's a good question. Actually. I don't understand that. Uh, there's still lots of guys out there. Will Venable? I kind of ah, uh, fucking Zeke. Zeke. <laughs> Joe Blanton. Did we talk about Joe Blanton at all? Joe Blanton. I, I haven't talked like... too much about him, but he's a guy that you know during the winter meetings. That was a name that came up a bunch about the you know the Jays. I could talk myself into that. You know, I could totally talk myself into that. I'm not. I'm surprised. It hasn't happened yet, frankly. Do it, Blanton, Fernando Rodney. Let's uh, go. Let's start adding some fucking bullpen pieces so that Aaron Sanchez can be the fifth starter instead of Drew Hutchison or Jesse Chavez. Even Stardo. Even then, they're a bad guy. Now I'm getting to the bottom of the list. Yeah, here. no, there's the names are getting pretty dregsy. A lot, a lot of. And Tommy Hunter. A lot Is of the good guys there? have been uh, been signed. Yeah. But no, there still are enough pieces out there to push Sanchez into a starting spot, which I don't know that it's going to go real well. He really was a whole fuckload better as a reliever last year. He had a couple good starts, but... He did. It, yeah, there's there's issues with, the, <laughs> with that, but we've talked about this mul- you know, a, a multiple uh, number of times. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, would be really nice to see him get the chance... Get the final chance to hey, like go figure this out. Mm-hmm. Give him a good run at it, and not have to not have to interfere with his development because oh yeah, we 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 maxed out the budget elsewhere and couldn't figure out a way to get you know relievers who aren't complete fucking garbage. So we needed to use Sanchez there. That's kind of that's kind of shitty. I think, and, and, and it could we could have a, a second regime doing the exact same fucking thing, which is bizarre because it's uh, it seems like. Not the thing you would want to do. <laughs> uh, I don't. I think that th- we're at that point now that we come to every winter, where there are these guys out there, and as you people start like the Prince Fielder thing you said, people start thinking like, oh, he's going to take a one year deal. Yeah. Oh, we'll jump in and give him money. Give him a one year like the Doug. Now apparently Doug Fister has a two year deal in his hand. Hey, there you go. But. It's not going to happen. They, they don't have any money to sign anybody else of any kind of... Even if their people guys are giving away their year, right? Like I, an up... I mean... Yeah, up, it, it's... I mean, I, this last stuff that I wrote about the budget, yeah, they're, it's it's real close to maxed out. I, the, the only thing, the only, like, perhaps saving grace of that is the idea that... Uh, they, they may not be as worried as Anthopolis was last year about saving money for the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they don't have any prospects left to trade. Well, there's, there's that. <laughs> That's that definitely is part of it. But also because the, the thinking being, if they're contenders at that point, they'll you know the attendance and ratings and all the all, you know all the revenue generating stuff yeah. will have been so robust that it shouldn't be too difficult to say, hey, give us a little more to make this happen. And if they're not contenders at that point, mm-hmm. they don't need any of that fucking money anyway. They're going to be That's true. unloading things and. Doing whatever it is, I th- uh, well, that's not going to happen. Gonna I think it's interesting out. where the Blue Jays are right now is a little bit unique compared to where they've been in other years. In that they took that shot last year, but also the way the team is built, there just aren't there aren't any real trade candidates. Like you, you know, as we kind of went around the diamond before, it's tough, especially especially now mm-hmm. with people in charge who are not as willing to be like, well. Fuck depth. We don't need we don't need anybody. You know, if the, if this guy goes down, we're fucked anyway. So, <laughs> so we might as well just have 
complete like minor league free agents as our depth pieces. You know, you know, speaking specifically like about Adult and Pompey, who you know, I, we thought maybe there was talk. You know, are they going to tender Ben Revere? Are they going to tender Mike Saunders? Uh, or maybe they would just go with Pompey uh, as a, as a guy who just sort of walks right onto the twenty five man roster. And of course, that would have left them with a little bit more money, and literally nobody, nobody at AAA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think Pompey is a candidate to be traded theoretically, but also not even. I don't think they want to do that. I, I no. think we we've seen that that's a that that's a thing that they're cognizant of, and and we're looking to looking to fix. Not you know, they don't want to do go down the path that the Anthopolis did so many years in a row where they're, you know, the star, like not just stars and scrubs, but stars and scrubs. And then also like some scrubs scrubs on the the 40 man. Uh, Yeah. So I think that, I think that it looks like it's important to them to have as much depth as they possibly can, which is smart. Maybe trade Kevin Pilar also. Also one that you could totally do. I mean, you can think Alfred is coming. (laughs) <laughs> Pilar, maybe, you know, the Hutchison Sanchez. Strowman probably has a ton of value, a kind of Carlos Carrasco style value, except he doesn't have any seasons as good as Carrasco's put together. <laughs> yeah. But like, there's a lot of value out there in Strowman, but he's he's pretty much as close to someone who they wouldn't, as untouchable as anyone would be. Um, yeah, well, until the fire sale next winter. You know what I think would make me want to trade Marcus Stroman is following on Snapchat. Oh yeah, yeah. Can't do it. I can't do it anymore. It's too much. I'm. He makes me feel he's, old. He's snapping a lot, eh? He snaps a lot, but the snaps are not good. I have. There are no major keys. He's not. There's no <laughs> lion order. I don't learn anything from him. It's. I. I. He, he. I feel like I'm watching a movie about millennials whenever I am like watching his. Snap, on, like, on Snapchat, you say that's yeah, that's odd. But I don't get the same sense from people who aren't Marcus Stroman. It's too much, right? Fair enough. Too many selfies. I, I do not have shoes. I do not follow Stroman on on Snapchat. I don't recommend it. Instagram is good. Less is more. Less is more. Very important rule. His, his, yeah. his IG game is strong. Snap game, I can't back it. Yeah, I, that I'm old. I guess it makes me feel old. Well, so does everything. <laughs> Pretty much. I like my snaps full everything. of Dave Burrow's ass and DJ Khaled's. How many times do I have to see the fucking mayor of Vancouver's ass? <laughs> All right, that's it. We've said enough. You can follow me on Snapchat. No, don't follow me. You can follow me on Snapchat. Groff logged in. And uh, I don't know. Do you have Snapchat? Do you ever use it anymore? Oh, yeah. I'm snapping all the time. Yeah. The snaps for my own business, quite frankly. Yeah, that's yeah. It's between me and my snap people. <laughs> I don't have any good snaps. Your snaps often are coming late late hours. They, yeah, that is usually when the uh, the mood strikes. I I could I, I could tell the people to to follow me on Snapchat. I guess they don't have to. But no, I'm I mean I'm not putting those on the on, in, the good ones. Don't go into my story. Let's be serious here. Hmm. I often just put them in my story because I can't bother to like single out who gets them. Right. Yeah. I just don't know who's following me at this point. Mm, that's true. I don't don't tell people how I live. <laughs> <laughs> well, when the whole front of your house falls off, it's all going to be out there. Uh, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening again. We're back here in 2016. 
Uh, we got big things planned for the upcoming season uh, with what we're going to tell ourselves <laughs> yeah. and you. Uh, but we'll be back again uh, very likely next week on Birds All Day.